0: Now without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. All
1: right. Welcome fellows, ladies. My name is Nick and I'm a recovering sexaholic. Right,
2: Nick.
1: My co-host is Jay.
3: I'm a recovering sexaholic.
1: The topic we're sharing today is the spiritual nature of addiction. Please turn off any electronics or silence them or vibrate. Please do not record any of this session. In the spirit of the fifth tradition to carry the message, this session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front, sit next to us, and use the microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table and do not touch it because it causes noise in the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence for all those still suffering or unable to attend a meeting, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Again, our topic is the spiritual nature of addiction. We will share for five or six minutes about this topic and how it applies in our lives, And then we'll open up the meeting to anyone who wants to share. You'll have three minutes to share. And uh, would someone want to volunteer to track the time using their, their phone? Is anybody pretty good at that, a volunteer for that? You can do that. Thank you, Jim. Uh, my story uh, concerning the spiritual nature of addiction uh, goes back to when I was very young and has to do with my relationship with my father mainly, with my mother some, but mainly with my father. And this is uh, ongoing for me. I'm still working with that. and The story is still becoming clear to me and probably will go on for the rest of my life. But uh, when I was very young and into my teenage years, too, actually, it was, my father was uh, not the kind of fellow who would give out praise or ad- affirmation. And uh, as a child, that was something I know that I needed. And at least looking back now, I know how important that would have been to me. Uh, and I was trying to please him, would try to do things he asked me to do and do them well and try to please him and win his praise and his love. And that, uh, for whatever reason, that's who he is. Uh, that wasn't, wasn't forthcoming from him. So I was kind of, I was hurt by that and that kind of left a void in me. And I know that I carried that forward into my adult life and would always try to win the praise and affirmation from people. Well, at some point through growing up, I discovered that winning praise and affirmation from females was very pleasing to me. That filled that void. That helped fill that void. And I somewhere along the way connected that to sex, and sex became the way that I found what I felt was love and got that affirmation that I was looking for. And, of course, that was, as I know now, that was looking at it, going about it in the wrong way, because it didn't work for me. It just always, the void was still always there. It would keep coming. it would, it was, I would find that void was still there after that affirmation, that little hit from the affirmation I got, and into my uh, into my marriage too. Then uh, I tried to was still trying to win praise and affirmation from my wife, and uh, as the years went on, um, that sort of that was there for me at first. But and I was manipulating to get that. The way I would treat my wife and others, I would manipulate them to try to get that. So, um, when that, uh, wasn't no longer there in my marriage, I, we, we drifted apart because I guess I, I feel like that me manipulating was causing that, us to drift apart. It wasn't, wasn't working. And an opportunity came up for someone else in my life to give me that affirmation and, and that I was seeking and, That caused a lot of harm in my marriage and in my life and, and a lot of uh, chaos and became unmanageable. And, uh, thank God then some friends of mine who were in SA came forward and brought me to, got me to SA where I began to learn about how to face my wrongs and where I was wrong and what my, just to sort that all out. And I've been in SA now for about 10 years, and, and uh, I've learned to relate to people in healthier ways instead of manipulating them to get what I want. I, lo- I, I found that I'm okay without that affirmation and that love that I was seeking in the wrong ways. So uh, that's, that's got me to where I am now at this point, where uh, my relationship with people are much better much more real my, my relationship with my wife has become much much better because I've learned here through SA how to relate to people in the healthier ways and in ways that, that really are real
2: thanks
3: thanks Dick my name is Jay and I'm a recovering sexaholic my sobriety date is July 11th 2010 And I want to tell you some of what my life was like before I say what happened and what I'm like now. I'd like to read from page 45 of the white book, a couple of paragraphs which say, in recovery we came to see aspects of our sexaholism lying behind the physical and psychological that paralleled similar aspects discovered by recovering alcoholics. These have to do with the personality dealing with the will and the attitudinal forces shaping the person and character. We refer to this as the spiritual dimension. It is here where we discover the most powerful forces propelling us into our addiction. Thus, we will use the word spiritual in referring to that aspect of ourselves underlying and determining all our attitudes, choices, thoughts, and behavior, the very core of personality, the very heart of the person. If we can see how the addictive process involves this most fundamental aspect of our being, we will be able to understand why recovery, wherever else we make it, must be a spiritual process. For the many years in which I engaged in my addiction, I did not understand that it was a, a spiritual process. And to me, a spiritual process means that I'm making the proper connections or the false connections. It has to do with connection. It does not have to do with morality or performance or all the things that I tried to do to stop my addiction. I tried to stop my addiction through willpower. I tried to stop my addiction through uh, renewing my uh, attitudes you know, every once in a while, thinking if I just did something else or, or did that or read this book or tried this, That uh, I would be able to stop. And so I didn't understand that I was powerless. And being powerless, then the willpower for me became like pushing on a string. It simply did not work. And so when I came into SA, I had to understand that my recovery had to be an entirely different basis. When I read that phrase, the sexaholic has taken himself or herself out of the whole nature of what is right or wrong, something clicked and I understood that it's not about right and wrong, it is about making the healthy connections. And so I was looking to sex, masturbation, pornography, connecting with women, whatever it might be, to fill up what was lacking in myself to fill up what was lacking in my character defects, things like fear, resentment, pride, entitlement, all of these things which drove me, for which I used sexual acting out as a medication process. So when I came into SA, I had to begin to work the steps. And when I worked step one, I realized that I had to set aside the will because I was powerless there's no point telling a person who is powerless to exercise more will because they cannot. I could not. So I had to recognize that I was, in fact, powerless, that I need a power greater than myself. So when I began to uh, work step two, began to say, what is the spiritual connection I need to make that will change the game? And that spiritual connection was with God. I had to ask him to... Restore me to sanity, to change my attitude, to come inside. I said to stop playing hide and seek with God and allow Him to come in and to fill the gap. And only then, as He began to fill that connection gap and began to wean me from the false connection to the true connection with Him, could I then work step three, which is I had to surrender Him to Him. I had to surrender to a power greater than myself, to my higher power. But I also had to do something else. I had to make healthy connections with others. And for me, that meant primarily with men in S.A. I had to open up, I had to tell people who I really was, what I was really thinking, what I had really done, to kind of disarm the shame, to come out into the light and begin to talk about what was driving me. And as I began to talk about what was driving me in the company of other people who were having the same struggle, I noticed that the shame began to calm, it began to dissipate. The sun came out and the clouds began to began to dissipate as I was able to talk about who I really was. Because part of my problem was not just addiction, it was it was being a part, not a part of, but apart from. And so I had to get involved in fellowship. The white book talks about the fellowship was where the magic is. It's where the connection is. It's where we find our way ahead as we listen to others and as we identify with what others are going through. So I began to do that. So my story of spiritual connection is that now the question of my day is I... I have a daily sobriety renewal as I renew that sobriety every day, is where are my connections are going to come from that day? How can I make that connection with God in quiet time in the morning, in silence, in reading literature, working steps, making phone calls? How can I make those connections? If I can make those connections, then I will begin to have the addictive voice eased for that day. And then tomorrow... It'll be another opportunity to do that. So for me, the issue is not trying harder. It is not morality or law. Because in those, if I set myself up against those, I will fail every time. It is about making connection. If I can make the right spiritual connection every day and ask what that connection will be, then I begin to grow in recovery. And I begin to recover together with others And I'm removed from isolation into community. So with that, I will stop, and we'll open it up to uh, all of you. Just some brief guidelines. You now have the opportunity to share with a group. Please focus on the topic of the meeting, which is, again, the spiritual nature of addiction. Like sharing in any essay meeting, please limit your sharing to the topic, avoiding explicit description or distracting comments, and focusing on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Please line up to our left over here in in the chairs. That way you can just slide forward and then uh, each person can share in turn. Please speak loud enough for everyone to hear. Uh, And as Nick mentioned, you'll have uh, three minutes to share. So with that, the floor is open to you.
4: Thank you. I'm I'm Brian, and I'm a sexaholic. I liken uh, this to a physical uh, process um, of um, diabetes. I'm a type 2 diabetic, and uh, I could get rid of that if I lost weight and that kind of thing. But um, the type 1 diabetics need insulin every day. Their body does not produce insulin, and so regardless of how well they exercise and how healthfully they eat and do all the things that are considered to be um, healthy, they still require insulin um, to help break down the food that they eat. And so I liken that to the spiritual aspect of a 12-step program and the fact that... um, um, I have an opportunity to participate with face-to-face meetings every day, which is a cool thing. Um, but, and I really feel like every day I need a spiritual connection. Um, I'll either with a group of people or with myself and my higher power. Um, and, um, uh, regardless of whether I'm, uh, I'm acting out or, or anything like that, because, um, I do feel like it's um it's like a it's like a dose that I need to take every day, and uh, with that thought, that I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks,
5: Brian. Hi, I'm Todd, recovering sex holic. Hi, Todd. I appreciated the uh, the share. Emphasizing the connection because it helped to remind me, which I need reminded every day, that um, that my recovery is not about uh, not doing something, that it's not uh, it's not not acting out or not doing this, but instead it's about seeking that connection every day uh, with other people, with God, and. Being open to that connection every day, and and uh, and working that connection every day to to not, um, you know, I, I for fifty years of my life I didn't know how to connect with God or others, and uh, so you know the, I think of those. My analogy is those relational muscles just atrophy. Um, so I have to go to the gym every day, and going to the gym is seeking that connection every day to work those relational muscles, um, or, uh, or they'll start to atrophy again. Um, it's a swim or sink. Uh, you're either moving forward or moving back, at least for me. Uh, it doesn't seem to work any other way. So thank you for that reminder.
6: Hi, I'm a sexaholic. Really appreciated the this year's a lot. Um, I'm grateful to be sober for nine years, three months, and 13 days, one day at a time. Um, when I read the first time The Problem in the white book, please connect with me and make me whole, we cry with outstretched arms, lusting after the next fix, I just burst out crying, you know. Please connect with me is really my plea, you know. Um I identify with your story, you know, not getting what I needed as a child, not getting whether it wasn't given to me or whether I felt like it wasn't given to me. I didn't get what I needed. And coming into recovery, that's what I'm learning today. I'm learning to get what I need and make those real connections. When I did my step four the first time, <laughs> my sponsor pointed out to me that um, he sees me walking around the meetings just hugging people. And it's funny. You look around an essay; we're all hugging each other. You know, we need that connection. We want a connection, a real connection. We crave for it so desperately. And um, it's been a process. It's been a process. When I was asked, um, "Am I enough for God?" You know, "Am I enough for God?" Is Chaim enough for God? I again burst out crying. I ask myself that question sometimes now, and I feel so empty. Am I enough for God? Um, I so badly want that connection. I'm I'm not just a regular person that could just, like, feel something and, like, move on. I, I need a, a deeper feeling, a meaningful feeling. and It's lust. It's the lusting after money. It's the connection with money, with food. I mean, I don't eat my food. I devour it. I, I connect, you know, with money. I don't just count bills or look at my salary or my paycheck. I go to my bank account. I go in my bank. I... Look at it on the phone. I mean, I connect with the money. It's like I have a connection problem. I do, you know. I, like I walk into a cab and I'm talking to the guy like if I know the guy for a year, you know. So recovery is great. It allows me to work on it and allows me to make those real serious connections with my wife, with my children. I can't connect with the real and the unreal at the same time. And it's a choice I need to make on a daily basis. So appreciate it. Thanks.
7: Thanks, Heim. I'm Brunum, sexaholic. Really appreciate the shares. Um, And it reminds me of uh, my journey from the addiction to, um, particularly through the the second step and how vital that was for me, and uh, understand that um, I had a a powerful spiritual experience when I was an older teen. And... um, Involved with uh, religion, my faith, uh, church, for all of my adult life. Um, after that, and you know, just weekly attendance and involvement, and in all of that, and but struggling to stay sober and really not understanding it. I lost my sobriety um, six and a half years ago, it's like a little over six years ago, and it really got me to a place of of questioning, you know. My belief in God and, and who God was So it really got, it got me back to the second step And uh, I certainly had a theological, intellectual understanding of God um, But was uh, really challenged myself to know what was in my gut How was my gut relating to God um, And I, I recognized through prayer and meditation That I was separated from God And deep down, I really didn't trust God enough To even put myself in His presence And um, that... So now that I could see that picture, that image, that, that picture of where I was, God was there, I created that separation. I chose, it was at that moment that I chose to step into God's circle, God's presence. Um, and that was very, very important for me to, um, uh, to, to grow up, uh, and mature spiritually and really move from my head to my heart, to my gut. In terms of how I related to God. And so today, I look forward to my prayer and meditation time. It is that, that God hug, um, that allows me to, to move on with the day. And, and like Chaim was saying, I, I, you know, in the addiction, I got insanely high. I mean, that's just such a powerful thing. And, you know, I need something as more powerful, obviously, um, to, um, to, to, to keep me sober today and keep me on the spiritual path. And I, I get that with God. It's, it's obviously a, it's a different type of high, but there's something very deep and grounding. And, you know, just to get that hug. In my, imagine, in my mind, it's God standing behind me and saying, I've got your back. That really means a lot to me, that he's got my back, uh, no matter what uh, is going on. And that's uh, uh, a huge part of the journey. So thanks, sir. Let me share. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
8: I'm Steve. I'm a recovering sexaholic.
7: Steve. Appreciate
8: all the shares today. Grateful to be sober today. Uh, throughout my life, I've had a um, dual process of wanting to be noticed, wanting to be affirmed, uh, both by others and, and by God. And yet at the same time, uh, I pull back from others. I'm a an isolationist and uh, you know, resent others. So there's the crazy uh, juxtaposition of wanting to be affirmed and yet you're resenting. And uh, that continued throughout my life and it led, of course, uh, into the uh, addiction cycle for me. And it was only until I got into SA and uh, was kind of forced, which I'm grateful for, out of my isolation, that, uh, and and brought into this fellowship that I began to see what uh, real affirmation is about that comes from God and uh, what recovery really means, which is being part of a group like this in fellowship. Uh, I have to do this or else I slip way back into my isolation again, um, and I can go back into my other character defective, wanting to be noticed and wanting to be affirmed. Do I need that? Yes. Uh, but I get it, I think, I hope, in a different way now by being part of this fellowship, uh, by being part of SA, being affirmed by the truth about myself and the truth about others and coming to see people and God in a different light through this program.
9: Thank you.
1: Thanks, mm-hmm. Thanks Steve. you.
9: Hi, my name is Yoli from New York, sexaholic. Um, the topic is very, um, something that I can relate to. Um, my biggest issue was connection to anybody and to myself, just to be able to connect, not trusting anyone, and of course not trusting myself, fear from everybody, fear from coworkers, fear from my wife, fear from my father. So the only way was if I do best. So the better I do, the same is fear from God. If I'm going to do the best I can, then God is going to provide me X, Y, and Z. And if I'm not going to do it, or if I'm going to mess up, or when I act it out, I knew for sure that I'm going to be punished. So because I was missing the spiritual part of me being myself. Like I heard uh, many times, the reason for praying for me is not to remind God of my problems, but to remind myself that God is the one that I need to be uh, going to and have a connection with. So it's not a connection outside with others, but it's more a connection with my own self, to like myself and to be okay that I know God is with me. And if I have throughout my day a connection with my loving higher power, which is in me, which is part of myself, then I can start to trust and love other people. That's what I get in program because when I see someone, someone tells me something, even a compliment, I would always go behind it. So now, what's what's going to, what's going to be the request, or why would you tell me that? What is behind it? If I know here in program, somebody tells me something, it's just because we love each other, we can connect to each other, we understand each other. So that's how I connect the spiritual connection, and starting to learn how to do it with myself, with relatives, with people in program. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you.
10: Thank you.
11: Hi, Tom, Recurving Sexual Hall from New Jersey. Um, so this for me is actually a matter of who do I worship. Uh, in my sin, I, I worship myself. I live for myself. I did, um, in my addiction... It's all about pleasing Tom. What can Tom do for himself? How can Tom utilize women, relationships, you know, the computer imagery, objectification, just to just to please myself? And that got me through two rehabs and you know a, a broken marriage. Um, and that's me on my best thinking, me on, on everything that I think I know best on what to do. Um, then I say, well, let me you know fill that hunger that I have inside me. You know, with women, with with my wife or wherever else, and it becomes so codependent because I'm looking for that validation. I'm looking for someone to make me feel completely whole. And that doesn't work. Because for me, and I suspect for some others, there is a natural emptiness that needs to be filled. And, you know, it's really... It's a matter of, like, what do you want to fill that in with? you looking through your eyes. Do you want to fill that in with, you know, porn, with sexual images and so forth? Or do you want to fill that in with something that you feel is coming from your higher power? You know, it's very easy for me to be collected with my friends who, who've had similar interests as me, you know, being similar womanizers, going out, partying or whatever else. Or I could spend time with people in, you know, in in a recovering community where we all encourage each other, look for the truth, look for, you know, an elevation of our morality. And um, so, yeah, this is a spiritual battle, um, you know, and left my own devices, I will surely go downhill and I will be self-centered, um, completely selfish and destructive, and it's only when I take my medicine, put on a spiritual armor every day, um, going out on the street expecting to get pelted and, and hit, but looking forward to my higher power and just having my higher power guide me. Um, and it's a daily struggle. It's a daily uphill battle. Um, uh, but you know what? Otherwise I'm just going to commit myself to a, you know, a crazy house. So thanks.
12: Hi, my name is Helmut. I'm a recovering sex Yes, I exactly remember when I was about 16, I decided I split with God. Something happened, I will not told, tell about this. And uh, I have to be strong and I have to care for my own things. And this worked until I became 28, when I completed my study at the university then it was over, and this was in seventy eight. I was no in seventy six. I was completely exhausted. Um, I made it a couple of years further. Finally, in uh, seven, late seventy eight, I must went to a hospital since I was suffering a severe depression. And finally, I found in the springtime of 79 the 12-step group of uh, Emotions and Animals at that time. And this helped me, really. I went to the meeting for two years. I was better off, but I have learned about the 12-step almost nothing. I was not able to make the first step. I um, Two years after... By the end of '83, I was suffering again, a severe depression, and I went back to another EA group, and this was a big difference. I discovered I can't do, I can't manage my life. This was the first time when I made my first step, and I could start a couple of weeks later with praying to God. So, I make the story short. In 84 I stopped drinking since I was um, no not I discovered but somebody uh, argued I was discovering I was an alcoholic so I stopped drinking a year later I joined SA in Germany and I am a member of SA since that time of the 11th of August 85 and um, In eighty seven, late eighty seven on the thirteenth of december I over I gave my life to God and uh, He keeps me sober since that day so I'm staying sober sexually since more than 30 years and I usually start my day with praying and reading some uh, something out of the uh, meditation book, or from the Bible, and start praying. And I'm really lucky that I can be here and tell you about this. Thank you for uh, hearing. Thank you.
2: So Hi, my name's Duncan. I'm a sexaholic. Hi, <clears throat> I'm filled with fear, uh, feeling less than. I was sitting in that chair over there and I was going, my God, I can't get up here and talk to you people. You'll just eat me alive, you know, or something. But, and also, uh, if I do, if I stay in my head and and withdraw, I can't make that connection with anybody. And by coming up uh, and talking, I can, I can kind of make a connection with everybody. I do that in meetings too when I, when I feel the same way, so that's one of the one of the ways I make a connection. I was brought up in the New York area, and uh, uh, I was I had abandonment issues, uh, not being validated for feelings, this, that, and the other. So by the time I was in my early middle teens, I was using whatever I could use to uh, feel better. And I realized I believed that God didn't wasn't able to help me Ike was the only one that could help myself so I pursued that and um, and it never worked out for me um, in the early 90s I went into aA and went through the steps and um, within a couple of years uh, you know I, I developed a relationship with the God of my understanding and then within a couple of years I was confronted with my uh, Lust and sex addiction, you know, it came, it came, I always kind of knew about it, but I, the realization was there. And I spent about 15 years trying to cure myself or whatever, I try and feel better, whatever it was. And I used everything I could and I used to pray about it a lot. And the answer I always got was um, do the steps in S.A. SA has the bottom line that conforms with my beliefs and um, I, I just kept ignoring it and ignoring it and trying this and therapy and treatment and this and and uh, finally got sick and tired and I did it about, oh, about nine and a half years ago and um, got my sponsor worked the steps and got another sponsor worked some steps again and my relationship with the God of my understanding has increased um over 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 time and that it, it's like a personal relationship now and it's a connection that that I never had before and it's grown it's grown uh, uh over the years and when I spend the most time I spend with God is usually at night when I'm uh when I wake up with thoughts worries or whatever And that's when I end up making that that real connection of talking to them. And I'm real glad to be here, and I'm glad you're all
13: here. Thank you. you. I'm David. I'm a sexholic. I've struggled uh, with multiple addictions in my life. Um, My sexual addiction stems back to my formative years and and, um, and and had some pretty traumatic things go on when I was uh, a, a young man um, in, in that regard and I think that that kind of um, definitely contributed. I, I've also been a substance abuser and, and primarily alcohol. Two years ago, I quit drinking and just recently, picked up my two-year coin and I have been so frustrated with my inability to stay sexually sober and I'm thinking okay what why is this harder than the other one and I said and I look back what I did two years ago and it was really I said to God I said I cannot deal with all of this at once and I said please take away the drinking so I don't have to deal with that while I'm trying to get sober. Key there is, is that's exactly what God did, was took away and, and gave me the, the ability to quit drinking. But it was complete surrender to God. I never did completely surrender my sexual addiction. That just dawned on me recently. And so I've recently recommitted... And and you know I I wasn't doing the step work or anything like that. So I've been struggling off and on for the last couple of years trying to um, uh, trying to do it my way. And what I need to realize is God's grace is sufficient, and um, uh, He will help. He can and will help if if I ask Him and fully surrender. So, thank you. Thanks, Dave.
14: Hi, I'm Jeff. I'm a sexaholic. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for your shares. Um, just really grateful to be here. Um, I heard someone say that at a certain point they gave themselves over to God and I really related to that. Um, because that really hits a chord with me. Just giving myself over to a higher purpose and to doing the doing the right thing. And someone else shared about how <clears throat> reading from the um, White Book,
2: you know, you
14: know, I you know, I cried out, you know, make me whole, and so on. Whenever I read that in the White Book, I really you know, relate to that because as, as everyone's been sharing. It's just all about, for me, connection and making healthy connections and learning how to connect with people in a in a positive way. And I don't think I can connect with God unless I'm connecting with people um, in a positive way. That's that's my you know that's my experience and that, that's how I feel. Um, but literally, as each person came up here and shared i heard my story in every single person there's not really any other place that i can go um and find that and there wasn't i don't think there's anything that anyone said that that wasn't something um that that i had experienced so i really came to this meeting to listen and um i think it's important for me to get up and and try to share also and so that's what i'm doing so thank you
10: Hi everyone. my name is Julian virtualtualm sexaholic. Thanks for your share everyone appreciate the topic connection. Um, the previous share got the point across sitting isolated in the chair. Should I come? should I not making this whole dance in my head and I appreciate the share and I come here to connect to people and it usually takes like till like tomorrow afternoon till I start connecting. Then I'm like the whole by Saturday night. Oh my gosh, what did I do in the convention? So I'm grateful I just jumped out, and I'm grateful for the topic connection. Um, it says in the white book the solution we saw that our problem was threefold: physical, emotional, and spiritual. Healing had to come about in all three. The cruiser change in attitude change when we begin, begin when we admitted that we were powerless, and this is for me. This is when I start my connection when. When I admit I'm powerless, all of a sudden, when I feel powerless, I need to reach out to people. There's nothing I can do. It's like the car stuck on the train, on the train tracks. And this is when I cry out for help. And the same thing is when I, when I live in my head, the only way I get out of it is when I start connecting to people. And, and it used to take months and weeks. Thank God today it takes a meeting or two until I get out of it, and... So I'm really grateful for the opportunity again to jump out and just start connecting to people. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
3: We have time for about three more shares. So if your heart's pounding, that means you're supposed to come up here.
15: I'm Rodney. I'm a sex-holic. I think the the thing in the white book that stood out to me whenever we read it at every meeting is the connection that has the magic. And for me, that's what uh, my sex acting out was always about, the connection. There was always something magical about it, or at least I thought there was going to be something magical about it. It never turned out to be as magical as I thought. It was the same way with my drugs and alcohol. I used I was also a drug and alcohol um user and I wasn't the one that stayed at home those kind cuz I needed the connection and you know uh I used that to connect with other people also and um just you know from growing up I never fit in. Didn't fit in with my family. Didn't fit in at school. Didn't fit in with my peers. You know, I just didn't belong anywhere. And so I sought out um, this connection with people. And what I found in uh, SA, uh, there's a there's a line in the big book that says that we found a substitute for our drinking. And it said, "Yes, we have the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous." And I found the same thing in Sexaholics Anonymous, that the. However, I don't agree with the Big Book. I don't think that the Fellowship of Sexaholics Anonymous is a substitute. I think it's the real thing, and the sexual acting out, drinking, and drugging was the substitute. Um, but for me, the biggest part of connection is on the phone. I must talk to three, four, or five people a day. That somebody sponsored in my group said, "Call three people a day." And so I did that. I talked to three or four people a day, and now it's just constantly on the phone, this connection throughout the day. I call them and they're calling me, and um, you know it works. I get from one day to the next that way. Uh, I like the phone calls even more so than the meetings. This is a great meeting though, because I spoke. <laughs> hey, <you're out. laughs>
4: One
13: more. Well, so I can really a part. I go That's what this is all about. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm a sexaholic. Great. Grateful to be here. Uh, just uh, some of you. I this is my home. So good to be here. Um, basically, uh, today uh, in a meeting, uh, one of the the share or not the shares the reading uh, had to do. Um, which is powerlessness and what that's meant and i one of the biggest things for me uh in this program and in my recovery is is admitting powerlessness and 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 surrender and i've been doing this for about 6 years i've been in the program and i'm still struggling with that so but i'm grateful to get up here and say that i am powerless over lust so that's all i have thank you
3: Thanks, Greg. Time for one quick one if anybody's got a burning desire. Thank you. Let's uh, stand and join hands. Make a big circle. Uh, Anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. And let's close with a third step prayer. Moment of silence for the addict still suffering, both inside and outside the rooms. Prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. With thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. Keep coming back. It works if you work. Crazy. It works to have a
1: little experience. Thanks. Sorry? It helps to have a little experience here. It
0: your does. Yeah. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to the Daily Reprieve